it's good to be back. I haven't been on for a couple months now. Have a baby, uh, had a baby on June 19th. So what are we today here? August something or other. It's been about two months, I think. Right about two months, actually. And uh, had to adjust to that a little bit. But, you know, it's remarkably easier than dealing with trading ups and downs, honestly. Getting it short, shorten your sleep a little bit and uh, lose a little bit of free time is a hell of a lot easier than dealing with the self-judgment of all the things that trading involves. That's what I figured out. So <laughs> in, in, in one way, it, it's almost, uh, it kind of makes me realize that the real work to do um, is focus on, on that because fatherhood has been pretty easy for me. So anyways, getting onto the topic for today, and I'll probably say a few things more about that as we go along. But one of the things I wanted to talk about, a lot of things I want to talk about, so I'll do a few podcasts later. But for this one, is about really accepting your way of doing things. So let me explain what that means. For me, I always have worked more like an artist. I have not really worked like an accountant. And I'm using these, these labels because we're all different. You could be quantitative and more focused on numbers and stats, and you could be more of a discretionary person like I am, and it becomes more of an art form. And I think that that, that art form can be taken too far. It could be really hazy, and you could do a lot of stupid stuff in between, and then it works out once in a while, and you're kind of lost on what your structure even is. Like you can't even explain to somebody what you actually do, and it can be forced to be too narrow where you try to over-explain it, and then you kind of sabotage your own magic, or there's that sweet spot in the middle, and that sweet spot is kind of where I'm trying to find my place and to improve. And a few examples on this would be, think about the NBA, for example. You see, the most boring player to me is the guy with the the perfect big body and good fundamentals who puts up decent stats, nothing spectacular. There's nothing fun about that. But then someone like Steph Curry comes along, and like him or not like him, he changed the game because there's this shorter, skinny guy who's chucking the ball up from damn near half court, totally changing the rules of the game, doing something that you would never teach anybody how to play. And now the defense has to come out and guard him and... It changed everything. It really did. And now you have other kids trying to work on those shots. And, and I think James Harden is similar. Another guy with average athletic ability for the NBA who developed that. That first, he had that driving move where he would hold the ball really low on his way in so everyone would foul him. And then the step back three-pointer. And with Giannis, um, with all his physical ability, with the Euro step move. And if you don't know what any of this is or you don't follow the NBA, it doesn't really matter. The point is that these people didn't do it the way that they were supposed to do it. They did it the way that that came natural to them. And they went with their strengths and they really leveraged those. And instead of competing with the field, they played a totally different game. So you're just at a different plane. And that's there's no competition if you are in a, uh, in a whole different game. So it's, it's kind of like that quote, it's not about how well you play the game, it's about what game you choose to play. And I think it's important that you choose to play the right game for you. Are you trading oil futures 50 times a day when you're more when your free time and your personality and your skill set should be trading, you know, twice a quarter doing fundamental analysis. Well, that's something that everyone has to figure out for themselves, but those are important questions to ask. And I'm, you know, I'm still, as I transition into stocks from futures and two years going here, I'm still thinking about it all the time. I'm still working on it. And one of the things I have struggled with that's gotten better, but I have a coach that helps me with this is this madness that I go through about finding I find it for me, it's usually like a handful of really good trades will carry my year, but I'll do a ton of trades and, but it'll be those handful. And 
my biggest downfall is sometimes when I'm trying something new, I'll do it with too much size and maybe I'll get a little sloppy with my stops and then I'll take losers that are much too big when it really wasn't my wheelhouse trade anyway. And when that wheelhouse trade comes along, I really know it and I hit it, but I've done a lot of damage around it. So it's kind of like that analogy of, of, of basketball too, where if you really have a shot from like the top of the key, that's your shot. That's, that's where the, the defense you know, breaks down, where you're, where you're accurate and where it makes sense. And you've practiced it a thousand times. Well, then the game starts and there's two things you can do to screw that up. Number one is every time you get the ball, you shoot. So now when your shot comes, you don't trust it. I don't know if I've said this before, so bear with me if I have. And the other one you can do is you freeze and you don't want to take the shot. So then when you finally get to your spot, you're, you're cold and you're not in the game and you miss it. And I think the same thing goes with trading. It's where's that middle, middle zone where you're, you're dialed in and you're paying attention, but you're not undershooting or overshooting because you're going to make some mistakes and you need, to have, you need to be in the game, but you don't want to be overly in the game. So that's been, that's been something that I have to keep accepting for me is I notice that I have something, I like to call it my magic in a way, where there's things that just happen where I get it and I know it. And it, 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 the years of experience kind of click and there's a lot of different. So you know, as you do this longer, you'll spend time maybe scalping short-term trading. You'll spend time strictly being technical, following someone who just trades technicals. You'll get sucked into too many indicators and then you'll get too fundamental. And then you'll be really into only sentiment and being a contrarian. And then eventually you'll know all those buckets and you've lost money and made money and every, every little thing. And then eventually you learn to pull from each one of them when you need to and put it all together. And I think the more you can define that, the better you'll be. So you should keep working to defining. When I say define, I mean saying making a checklist and really nailing down what your good trades look like. And sometimes the best way to do that is to say, what is the opposite of that look like? What, what do my bad trades look like? Okay, so then what's left? Well, what's left is whatever didn't get included in that list. And a lot of times that's a faster way to figure it out. But I like to study my, my, my bad trades and my good trades and kind of and really spell it out. Uh, I make a list of here's what works and here's what doesn't work. And that can be really useful in, in figuring out how to lead me forward. Okay, sorry, I had a refrigerator guy call me in the middle of my damn podcast. That is, uh, luckily I'm not a professional, huh? But the point I was, I think I was talking about um, what works and what doesn't. But I want to go back to a few more things about just trusting your own process. And I'm going to bring up meditation. So I spent two um, 11-day meditation retreats and a three-day. So it was a ton of time meditating and really committing to it. And for a year after, I did 45 minutes in the morning and 45 minutes at night with my meditation. And then I kind of cold turkey, not cold turkey, but I got you know on and off, on and off. And now I don't do it at all anymore. And I guilt the hell out of myself for not doing it. And I'm always beating myself up for not doing it. And I just kind of realized that maybe that there's a reason for that. If I spent that much time on something and I'm not sticking to it, maybe I'm not lazy and unproductive and undisciplined. Maybe it's just not for me. Maybe there's another way. And I notice that when I go to the gym and sit in the steam room or something, I really relax and it's my mind totally shuts down. It's almost like a meditation in its own right. So I started doing that more and I really look forward to it. And the traditional way of meditating, um, there's so much science and so much cultural push to do it. So it becomes more and more embedded into this is the way, this is what I have to do. This is what a, a growth-oriented person who's trying to calm down and, and develop their mind and you know various other reasons I won't get into and whatever reasons you meditate. 
And it starts to stack up as this thing that creates a lot of pressure and guilt around. And I think everyone has something that does this in their life, but meditation became that for me. And that's not really, I think I'm missing the point when I'm doing that. So now I'm kind of looking at it and saying, well, why don't I just roll with the fact that I'm being pulled towards something else? And maybe that, that maybe I know, maybe something knows better than I do because I'm certainly not a lazy person. And if it's that hard, like I'm exercising regularly and eating healthy regularly, those don't seem to be a problem. Sure, I slip once in a while like anybody, but that doesn't seem to be something I can't stick to. But this, for whatever reason, is really tough. So the reason I bring this, this up is because with your own trading process, you can get sucked into a certain system or a certain way. And you feel like you're not going to be any good until you do it that way. Everyone's trading earnings breakout winners. I have to do it. That's the only way to do it. There's there's literature that it works. People, There's a lot of people doing it online, on Twitter. Um, this is the way. Well, there are people doing it, but there's also a lot of competition. And there's a lot of other ways you can do things too. Like one of the primary strategies I use is trading off stupid news. And I do use some earnings um, new products, earnings breakouts, trades. I do that once in a while, but I'm kind of a mix of a bunch of different things. And those things, sometimes one year, one of those things will really carry the year. And next year, you won't get a lot of those things and it'll be something else because the environment is always changing. So it's like these core principles are the same, cutting your losers, defining your trades, having a really good... um, when I say story, I don't mean some BS narrative that you heard in the media. I mean like a story that you can understand, like a thesis that you understand. Like it's down for a reason that doesn't make sense. It took out the stops. Um, it's holding up above its moving averages and the stock market broke down, but the stock can't go down, et cetera, et cetera. There's a lot of ways you can make a story that makes sense for your trade that you believe in, that you can really articulate and you can review after. And that's that's what I like to do. Um, I'm very skeptical of known media stories and narratives. In fact, I'm trying to keep a list of what are the media narratives and stories that are really stuck in people's heads and can I trade against them when they don't work and can I just not get hurt and that kind of stuff. I don't really want to be in stuff that everyone else is talking about uh, if that if I can help myself at all. So it's just the point of this is to really accept yourself along the way and think about um, some of those athletes I mentioned And even Tiger Woods, when he changed his swing at the peak of his game, I know he had injuries and stuff, but how hard that is. But the willingness to trust your path and to kind of reinvent the game for yourself. There's no way. There's just a bunch of people who do it, and some of them it works and some of them it doesn't, and you got to find your own way. But you can get in serious trouble when you fight it and and you guilt yourself and beat yourself up. So I'm talking to myself as much as anybody else, but that's something that is on my mind right now. And, uh... I'm just looking over my I mean, a list of some other things that I was thinking about. And I guess a, a very different um, topic would be I often will look at other people and I'll have, I, I should say this more about myself, I'll judge myself. Sometimes I feel like I quietly judge others for this too, who aren't really learning and growing and pursuing and pushing themselves ahead because that's what I always do. So I think, well, that's what you should do. Why would you want to stay the same way? Wouldn't you want to keep improving and getting better? Well, that's not... You know, that's not your value as a human being, and that's not necessarily the only way to do it. And I think when I let go of that, I'll get even better. So that's that kind of came into my head a little bit today as well. When I was, and that comes from tennis as well, because I'm trying to change a bunch of things in my tennis game to go to a new level, and it's making me worse right now. And then other people, geez, you know, he played a lot better last year, and 
it's like, oh boy, you know, I'm going through my own process and you can't really explain it to everybody. So I think there's a lot of parallels to trading.